A different future starts with you. That's why GoDaddy does more than help you find a name. You can create, sell, and get found online. So any small business could be a driving force to create change or build an empire. We know old ideas aren't cutting it anymore. So we're calling for a new generation of thinking. Your way of thinking. So whatever you have in mind that will help make a different future, find everything you need to get started at GoDaddy.com. Because the future isn't decided yet. It's up to us to make it happen. Start different at GoDaddy.com. If you've recovered from COVID-19 or unknowingly been exposed to it, you may have antibodies that could help COVID-19 patients. Donate blood and receive testing for COVID-19 antibodies. Visit Vitalant.org today. This is an ode to the glass noodle. You may be glass only in name, but our love for you is crystal clear in every Bibigo Korean dumpling. Your tantalizing texture tickles the taste buds, and while you are see-through, the world can't help but see you. The glass noodle, one of many obsessively crafted ingredients in every plump and juicy Korean dumpling from Bibigo. Go handcrafted. Go Bibigo. Authentic Korean dumplings now in the freezer aisle. This is Podco Media Networks. On episode 121 of Confessions of a Marketer, Managing the Funnel. Hi, it's Mark Reed Edwards. Welcome back to Confessions of a Marketer. Rob Patterson of AWeber is back. And we'll continue our chat about email marketing and more in just a moment. Next time, Nathan Hirsch will share some wisdom on finding the right freelancers. Philip Stutz will discuss the politics of marketing. And we'll have the former SVP of Overstock.com, Jeff Atkinson, who's now founder and CEO of Huckabay, on to talk about SEO and a lot more like taking Overstock.com from zero revenue to $300 million in a few years. Great discussion. Also planning episodes with Jeff Hahn, principal of Apron, an agency focused on marketing and PR in the food business. And Mel Edwards, global CEO of Wonderman Thompson. So stay tuned. COVID-19 patients need your help. If you've fully recovered from COVID-19 or unknowingly been exposed to it, you may have the antibodies that could help COVID-19 patients recover. Donate blood and receive testing for COVID-19 antibodies. Visit Vitalant.org today to schedule an appointment to donate blood. That's V-I-T-A-L-A-N-T dot Help save lives and schedule your appointment at Vitalant.org. You could help save lives. All right, back to Rob Patterson, CMO of AWeber. This time we dig into more about the email market, plus how to manage your funnel, and a few things marketers need to consider in 2020. But I start things off by asking about free trials. Pay attention to Rob's answer. Let's get to it. So is a free trial still kind of the golden ticket? Years ago, almost 20 years ago, I worked at a very early SaaS company Mm -hmm. that provided intranets over the internet called intranets.com. And we found that offering a free trial was, it just gave us lots of prospects. They came pouring in whenever we did a campaign. And is that still the case? Yeah. And we see it as our biggest conversion tool, absolutely, to paid is, you know, I think there's been noise in the market around freemium tiers of pricing too, if you will. So, you know, the ability to just offer something for free up to a certain point. And, you know, quite frankly, what we're hearing from a lot of newly acquired or reacquired customers that have come back to us from competitors is that the freemium wasn't all was cracked 
jacked up to be because once they started inching up on the number of emails they wanted to send or the size of their contact list, the prices started to skyrocket and it just became more complex and more expensive to use those platforms. So, you know, the freemium isn't all it's cracked up to be. I'm of the philosophy, let you know, keep it simple. And I think the simplest way to, you know, getting a person to convert is being really upfront with them and saying, hey, we offer a 30-day trial. Come in, kick the tires. We're going to give you everything you need to be successful. If you're successful, awesome. Stick with us. We're going to stick with you and support you through your customer journey. But at the same time, if you're not successful, we understand that and that's going to happen. And you know, you need to move on and try other things that are going to be more successful for you personally. Obviously, we hope more people stick with us and we work towards keeping as many people with us as possible. But you know, keeping it simple in terms of not masking a free tier as really you know, something that's going to hamper a business and ultimately cost them more over the long term, but rather serve up on a plate. You have a trial in 30 days to make a decision. After that, we're going to get you in at a low cost point and provide a ton of value. Yeah, and the elasticity between paying nothing and paying fifteen, twenty, thirty dollars a month yeah. probably isn't that much for a small business. Yeah, it's it, not, but it can be, right? Yeah. Because if you look at it, you know, you're not talking about multi-million dollar, even hundreds of thousands of dollars of marketing budget that these people are spending. A lot of small businesses and entrepreneurs are starting things on the side. They might have a daytime job, you know working as an accountant in a Fortune 500 company, but they have a passion in the evening and they're starting something, whether it be a podcast or whether it be, you know, a a retail business that they're trying to start online. So, you know, those businesses are going to have a marketing budget probably close to zero. So providing as much value as you can at a cheaper price tier is going to keep a person. And as they grow, once they're stuck within your platform, it becomes somewhat sticky. And, Mm -hmm. you know, providing the value at a lower price tier what we see is offering up all of the features of our platform at every price tier and just tiering based on the number of people you're contacting, we found to be very, very easy for people to understand and they get that. And that's why they come in the front door with us and stay and ultimately grow because they have everything available to them from the start. It's just we're growing our business with them as their business grows. Right. All right, let's circle back and talk about email marketing. What is the state of email marketing? You touched on a few elements earlier, but I kind of want to get a a kind of meta view of email marketing. For me, if I think about the companies that I have relationships with, they're the ones that I don't mind getting email from. If I get an email from L.L. Bean, I'm happy. If I Mm -hmm. get a piece of spam, I'm not so happy. (laughs) So how do you kind of ride that knife edge in email marketing? Yeah, so, you know, there's a lot of, vendors out there that try to sell you lists. <laughs> right. And, you know, they they think they're, they're the silver bullet. They're going to sell you a list of contacts. You're going to email those contacts and, you know, your business is going to grow 30, 40% year over year, every year. And quite frankly, that's not the case. You know, the one thing I would put out there is any reputable email service provider is not going to let you upload and send emails to a purchase list. So, we operate 100% as an opt-in email mm-hmm. service provider so that you know it's LL Bean sending you the emails and not because you said I bought something at LL Bean and I've opted into their emails. And it's not, you know, company X, Y, and Z purchased a list of which my name was part of and now I'm receiving emails for something I didn't solicit. So we only deal in opt-in email. And, and you know, the way that we kind of 
facilitate that is through our upload process. So we have a lot of backend technology as well as some manual processes built into the list upload process for our clients so that we have flags and triggers of what purchase lists look like. And if we flag them during the upload process, we don't allow them into our system. The reason we don't allow them into our system is it affects deliverability for our IP addresses for our sending servers. So you know, yeah. if our IP addresses get flagged by the likes of Gmail, Yahoo, MSN, et cetera, et cetera, we're not going to be able to send emails for any of our clients. So it destroys our business. So we can't accept those. And, you know, quite frankly, I would argue that purchase lists is a lazy way of marketing. You know, yeah. really what you want to do is grow your list through awesome content, through engaging social strategies and through proactive outbound outreach to the market versus going out there and purchasing lists and spamming people for lack of a better term. So, you know, we take it very seriously internally. We take it very seriously from a internal marketing perspective and how we market and position ourselves. We don't engage in any type of spamming, whether it be directly from AWeber. So we don't purchase lists from marketing. We don't do any type of spamming on other platforms. So things like LinkedIn or Facebook, you'll never see us spamming in those areas as well. We don't want our name associated with that at all. We're 100% opt-in. And the reason we are is we feel that it adds a better value to our customers as well as our prospects that are out there. You're preaching to the converted here. I've been on the block on this a number of times. And the only way to get good results is with a good list that yeah. you have cultivated, that Correct. you have delivered some value to, and those people now trust you. It's the only way. It's hard to do because it takes time and it takes effort, but it's the only way to do it in a really results-oriented way. You know, it's okay. the only the only way that you can get results from an email list is if it's a good list that you have cultivated. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, you know, a list that you've cultivated, a 20% open rate is better than, you know, anything you're going to get from a purchase list. And, you know, <laughs> I think, you know, when we talk about filling the top of the funnel, if you've cultivated a really, really good list, filling the top of the funnel is a whole lot easier than going out and trying to purchase names and fill it through spam. Right. And a small business that has a 500 person mailing list that has a 20% open rate is much better than one that has a, you know, a 10,000 person list that has a 0, 0.1 open rate. You know, it just, it just makes so much more sense. But it's sometimes a hard message to get across. It absolutely is. And I think part of the key also is making it easy to get names into a list, right? So, you know, one of the things we've done is we heard from a lot of people, you know, I go to a lot of meetups or I go to a lot of conferences or summits. And, you know, I'd love to have a way to easily get people inputted into a list of what I do or for what I do with my small business. So we created a, a mobile app called Atom, which is essentially a very simple form generation tool that lives on your tablet or on your phone that you can capture somebody's name and email address and automatically sync it over to your list of subscribers awesome. in Aweber. So essentially you just, you know, you meet somebody at a conference, you whip out your phone, you open the Atom app and you have them input their info and bam, they're opted in on your list. Yeah. I mean, how yeah. cool is that? So yeah, that, it's, it's really neat because, yeah. that you know, you don't have to worry about verifying spelling or anything like that, right. like you do, you know, when you get a stack of business cards from a sales conference that someone yep. throws on your desk. Yeah. 
Absolutely. Yeah. And I think it's much easier to do. I mean, you know, you and I have been around long enough. You go to conferences, you get, you know, two, three hundred contacts over the course of two to three days. And it's, you know, sifting through those things. You try to get on the phone with them along with, uh, you know, 200 other vendors that they met that week. And you're basically spamming the conference attendees for lack of terms. I mean, you know, what you want to do and, and what we do is we try to take a subset of who we meet at conferences and who we meet at meetups and we create an Atom app and we try to get people to opt into exactly what we're saying versus, you know, scanning their badge at a conference and, you know, loading them into a CRM later. But, you know, the more direct contact you can create with prospects, the more they're going to recognize you from a follow-up perspective. And, you know, with things like summits and conferences, just scanning a badge is like white noise at those things. Really, if you put a tablet in front of them or you have a good conversation with them over a cup of coffee and you get them to fill out something on your phone, they're going to remember you. And when you follow up with them, they're going to recognize that email that they're getting. So I want to turn our attention to the future. Sure. Let's look into 2020. Yep. As we close out our chat, what are the two or three things you think marketers should pay attention to in 2020 and beyond? Yeah. So for the first one, I'll go back to my what I was harping on earlier around simplicity. I think it's really keep it simple. Marketing's not rocket science. Marketing's knowing your audience, putting a compelling message in front of them, and cultivating that audience so that they ultimately become customers and loyal fanatics of what you do. So while there's a lot of tactics and subsets to what I just talked about, it's really not that difficult to strategize and plan around what you want to do from a marketing perspective. And, you know, I, I always, one of my favorite interview lines when I talk to people or when I'm out in the market is, hey, you know, one of the things marketers don't want to let you know is that marketing is pretty simple. It's, uh, right. it's, just really keep, it's, it's just really understanding some fundamentals and how people think and really engaging with them. So I'd say keep it simple in terms of understanding who your audience is, understanding what you do and how you do it differently than competitors and communicating that in a simple way that shows value to your audience. You know, the second thing I really think, you know, marketers need to look at going into 2020. And I've been trying to look at this a little bit this year, as well as I would say in 2018 as well is, you know, I'm starting to become a firm believer in the cyclical nature of marketing tactics and how effective they are. So what I mean by that is, you know, everybody made a shift probably, you know, 10, 12 years ago to really digital marketing, whether it be digital advertisements or social marketing. Once, you know, Facebook launched their ad platform and LinkedIn followed, you know, different, more modern, quote unquote, modern ways of marketing. You know, what has happened is that whole space and kind of arena has become flooded with white noise. And what hasn't been really paid attention to by marketers is some of the more traditional marketing vehicles and go-to-market channels. So if you look at things like radio or billboard advertising and things that really aren't crowded at this point from the digital space perspective, I think there's opportunities to engage the audience through more traditional marketing tactics that you would have seen during you know the 70s, 80s, and 90s versus more of the digital platform. So when I say the cyclical nature of marketing, it's going back to what some of the fundamental of marketing are things like, you know, newspaper advertisements and mass media advertising through radio and through television, like those types of things are, to me, wide open versus, you know, putting up ads on LinkedIn that, you know, become white noise at some point. So look at the, look at the kind of more, what may be perceived as dated marketing tactics. And, you know, some of those things might be more successful than looking at spending, you know, hundreds of thousands of dollars on LinkedIn ads. Yeah, so I look at podcasting as kind of being a throwback to the TV, billboard, radio days gone by, don't you? 
Yeah, I mean, it's interesting. Come being new to this market, one of the first shows I went to was Podcast Movement down in Orlando this year. And one of the things that struck me was podcasting is really fundamentally what radio was originally. It was two mm-hmm. people, you know, two or three people sitting around having a conversation around a certain topic. And yeah, I think absolutely it's getting back to the fundamentals of really engaging other people in conversation and of topics, whether it be, you know, learning about cooking through, you know, what we're talking about today, marketing best practices. So yeah, I absolutely think podcasting is definitely a way for people to reach audiences. And quite frankly, we're looking at that at Aweber. You know, how do we engage with podcasters and podcasting platforms to advertise and sponsor different things for entrepreneurs and small business owners? So yeah, I think when I say radio, I really include podcasting within that radio type of approach. Well, Rob, this has been a great discussion. I'm sure my listeners will really enjoy it. It was really valuable to me too. Thanks for joining. No problem, Mark. I'm glad I could join today. And, you know, thanks for having me on. All right, next time, Nathan Hirsch will share some wisdom on finding the right freelancers. So stay with us. Confessions of a Marketer is a trademark of Podco Media Networks. And this episode is copyright 2019. I'm Mark Reed Edwards. See you next time. You've never tried to eyeball six feet as often as you do now. You wear a mask, you wash your hands, and you've stayed within the walls of your apartment for more hours than you care to add up. But unless you live in a smoke-free building, you're not exactly home free. Secondhand smoke drifting through the cracks in walls or sink drains carries toxic chemicals that can damage your lungs. And right now, lung health is key. Go to tobaccofreeca.com to learn how to stay safe.